Welcome to Witchcrafted. I'm your host, Joshua Lancaster, and today's subject is witchcraft. Welcome to the first episode, and make sure to listen each week because the first eight episodes are going to be kind of an introduction to myself. So if you don't know me, this will kind of give you a little bit of insight of who I am and what I'm all about. That's why we're calling this podcast Witchcrafted, because in my mind, I was made which means I was crafted into the person that I am today. Being a male witch, I have crafted my life the way that I have always wanted it to be, and that's why I wanted to title this Witchcrafted. So, let's go on to our first subject, and this week is going to be Witchcraft itself. I've always loved the movies like The Craft and Practical Magic, Hocus Pocus, and I could go on and on about every which type movie that I always loved, but I also loved playing card games. We'll get to why that's a big deal later, but anything that was solving a puzzle, like Rummy or Solitaire, it just resonated something with me, and it became a passion of mine as well. I just loved the idea of asking for help and someone reaching out and being able to be like, I got you, bro. So cards were kind of that thing for me. Now, to help you understand a little bit about witchcraft, a lot of people believe that religion and witchcraft go hand in hand. And just to explain it, it really doesn't. Witchcraft and religion are two separate things. Now, you can put religion into your witchcraft or vice versa, but it doesn't require you to have any type of religion to do witchcraft. I know a lot of witches who don't have any type of religion, and that's okay because what they do is their own thing. That's what witchcraft is. It's your thing. Now, of course, Let's talk about some great books that you can read, and none of them are sponsored by this podcast, but if you have anything that you want to start out with, reading and studying is the main thing. So the modern witchcraft books are really, really great to get you started, and one of my favorites is The Psychic Witch. Now, these are great to do your starter uh, witchcraft-like studies and things like that. You kind of have to study first. Witchcraft is not something you can just pick up and You can magically do it, pun intended, but it is something that you have to study, and studying is the main thing in witchcraft. You have to understand what you're doing, because if you don't understand what you're doing, you're going to mess up or it's not going to work. Then you're going to get frustrated, and then you're not going to want to continue with it. Now, you don't have to pick a specific category. Everybody thinks you have to do necromancy or you have to be like a cottage witch. You don't have to start anywhere Specifically, just pick up a book, read, and study. You don't have to have an idea in mind in order to study witchcraft. It's all your own thing. Witchcraft is a guide. Everything that we do is a guideline. Nothing is written in stone, and if you don't do something right, it's going to fail. Every witch does their thing differently, and it either works or it fails. You have to learn what you love best, and that's the great thing about witchcraft. It's your own thing. Now, there are a couple of things that we'll cover where it comes to some things that I've seen on TikTok or Facebook that really are wrong, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. Now, doing love spells or trying to control other people, that's something you really shouldn't start out with. And honestly, you really can't control people's outcomes. 
we're humans. We make choices. And nobody is above that, except for if you believe in any type of religion. And also, we can't go outside the physical realm. People think that witches can fly and levitate and change their hair color in an instant. But as witches, we work with nature, not against it. So when it does come to witchcraft itself, you kind of have to go with that. You know, one of the biggest parts of witchcraft itself is working with our natural abilities. So, with that being said, you can't do anything that goes outside of nature. Now, of course, controlling people is going outside of nature. Love spells is an interest in a pheromone that is inside nature. So, those do work if they're done properly. And studying is one of the ways that you are able to do stuff like that. Science and witchcraft kind of go hand in hand if you really think about it. Now, with my witchcraft, I love tarot cards, which is what I was talking about earlier. I've always had a thing for holding a deck of cards and trying to predict what's going to happen or be able to pull a card and see what it means. Now, of course, playing cards and tarot cards are totally different, but they kind of have the same thing if you really break them down. I love using tarot cards because I have a pretty good knack at it. Every time I've done a tarot card reading for someone, they felt like they've gotten an answer that they didn't have before. So when you hold your first deck, you need to make sure it connects with you. That's a big thing. You're probably going to pick up a bunch of tarot card decks that aren't going to work for you. And that's okay. They're not going to work for you immediately. And not every single tarot card deck is going to work with you. I had a tarot card deck that I never could attach to. Every time I did a reading, it just didn't feel right. It felt like I was doing something wrong. I bought a different set and I connected to it. One thing that I've personally learned is that when I buy a tarot card deck, I can't connect to it immediately. But when someone thinks of me and buys me a tarot card deck, for some reason, I attach to it a lot faster. I think that's where the myth of you can't buy your own tarot card deck comes from is because it takes a a little bit longer to attach to. But the moment that somebody gives you a tarot card deck, you connect to it immediately. And that's because there's love put into it. And love is one of the strongest things in the world. So I want to tell you a little fun story about a tarot card reading that I did for, um, I don't want to call them customers because I don't believe in charging for tarot card readings. Tarot card readings are not something you should charge for. It's an ability that you've developed, so it's something that you should give away for free. As people, we should help each other in humanity, and that's not one of the ways to do it. You should really just help people out. Now, of course, you shouldn't do a reading for somebody every single day of the week or demand that somebody do a tarot card reading because they have the ability. If they want to charge, they can charge. It's just not a personal thing that I agree with, and that's okay. Everybody does their craft differently. Now back to the story I was going to tell you. I really find it so funny when this woman came to me, she was a dear friend of mine, and said that she wanted a tarot card reading. I told her that was fine, and we started to pull cards, and she started telling me about the things that she was kind of looking for. Now, I'm a very vague person. When I do tarot card readings, I just want you to ask whatever the question is that you have, and let's work on trying to find that answer. I don't need a full backstory, because if you give me a full backstory, that can influence the cards, and we'll touch about influencing cards here in just a little bit. So I pulled a couple of cards for her and she said, I want to know if marrying this guy is a good idea for me. 
and every card I pulled was a little bit negative. It was just random things like, this is a bad idea, or this won't end happy, or whatever it would be. Because when I read tarot cards, I lay the cards out, and then I pull up the book that's attached to it. Either I have a digital copy or the physical book. We look at it together, and we have a discussion on what you think it means. Then we move on to the next card. Now, there are some people that can pull cards, and they know the definitions and things like that, but I work every single day of my life, and my brain doesn't attach to that. So it's easier for me just to kind of sit back and go, hey, let's work on this together, and let's try to see what we can do to help you. Every card I pulled was so negative, and she straight up thought that I was just pulling negative cards. I kept telling her that I didn't choose the cards or the way that they came out of the deck. When she would give me a number to pull, I would pull that number, and it happened to be a negative card. Now, I did know her fiancé at the time and knew that he wasn't this great guy, so I was really concerned, and maybe it did influence the cards a little bit. But I kept telling her that, you know, it doesn't seem like it's a good idea, but it's your life. The cards are just a guide. She decided not to listen to me, which is perfectly fine. You don't have to listen to everything I say, because you can't take everything as Bible. That's not how this works. I can give you guidance as much as I can, and then it's your choice on what you do from there. But what was really funny is she kind of ignored me. We stopped being friends and she kind of did her own thing. And she ended up marrying the guy and they lived a really happy life until about a year or two later when (laughs) disaster sadly did strike. He was arrested for stealing from some store and then to find out he had two other girlfriends and three kids. It was the craziest thing I'd ever read online. Luckily, she didn't have any kids with him, and the divorce was pretty easy because he went to jail. But he had been skipping out on child support payments. He was just a terrible guy, and that's some of the things that were inside of the cards. It was just saying that he was just not a great person, but you can't control who you love, and she figured that out the hard way. She's still on my Facebook, and we really don't talk all that much, but I do wish her the best of luck, just like I would with anybody else. Now, when I do read tarot cards, I don't charge, like I said before, but some people do like to pay me. They like to give me tips or they'll bring me gifts or things like that, and that's perfectly fine. I don't mind it, but it's really one of those things that kind of bothers me. Now, the two things that I hate about witchcraft the most is this whole crap about love and light. Let me explain something. Love and light is not a thing. That is the equivalent to live, laugh, love. Nobody really cares. It's something that people use as a filler, and it doesn't really matter to anybody. I know it doesn't to me. Whenever I'm talking to another witch and they mention, you know, love and light, my brain immediately turns off because I don't care about the subject anymore. Love and light is not really one of those things that I agree with. I believe that witchcraft in life itself has good and evil, and we have to just kind of get through it together. And if you want to pretend like, oh, everything is rainbow and sunshine, then you're living in a state of deliria. And that's really sad by itself. I'm not saying that everybody that believes in love and light are delirious or high on some kind of methamphetamines or anything like that. I'm just simply saying that believing in only love and light and not believing that there's other things out there is kind of negative. Just like people that are like oh, I'm a dark witch, oh, I'm a black witch, or oh, I'm this, or oh, I'm that. You're you're not anything specific. You can't have one without the other, which is true, but there's no definition for it. That's just the way that life is. 
you know, there's good and there's bad, and that's the end of the subject. But yeah, Love and Light, not my cup of tea. Now, the other thing I cannot stand is people that say intent is everything. Intent is a big part of witchcraft. You're 100% correct. Believing in something and putting your intent to it is a big part of it, but you also have to have the right ingredients or the right spell or whatever the incantation is, it has to match it. You can't do a love spell and then sit there and listen to metal music about cutting someone's throat. That's really not how it works. You know, you kind of have to have the intent along with the right ingredients to do it. Now, you can compensate other things and say, oh, you know, I don't have this, so let me exchange it for this, or I don't have this, so let me move this over here. That's perfectly fine. You can do that with witchcraft. You can exchange something for something else because multiple herbs and multiple salts mean different things, but some of them Coalate together. So you can do that and it's perfectly fine. But you just have to be careful what you're doing because if you want your spells to actually work and take hold, you kind of have to do the research and you have to put the time into it because if not, you can't do anything about it. Now, a lot of people think that animals are attached to witchcraft. Like you have to have an animal in order to practice witchcraft. And that's not really true. I don't know where that came from. And the idea of everyone in the world that's a witch having a familiar is not true. Now, if you don't know what a familiar is, it's an animal that's pretty much given to you to help you guide you through your witchcraft style and things like that. That's not always true. Familiars are not always there. And the likeliness of you having a familiar is extremely rare within itself. They're there to help you with your abilities and that's okay. Now, every witch has a different knack. Everybody's a little bit different. I have a friend of mine who's really good at studying. So if I go to her and say, hey, I'm looking for an herb to substitute for this one, she can give me that information and she's really good at it. Now, I have another friend who's really good at figuring out what kind of spell to do during what moon and astrology and things like that. The only thing I know astrology-wise is that I'm an Aries, I'm stubborn, and I'm kind of a jerk. But I also love very deeply and I care about others. That's kind of all I know about astrology. I do know some characteristics when it comes to Cancers and Virgos and Sagittarius, and it's only because of the fact that I study those because I have people that are close to me that hold those signs as well. So, when it all breaks down, every single witch has their knack. For me, it's tarot card reading. I've always had a good response with it, and people really enjoy my readings. I don't think I've ever had anybody that didn't enjoy it, except for the one friend who didn't like the negative response. But I've never been wrong, so maybe I'm doing something right. Now, something I do find really kind of interesting is back onto the familiar topic, I adopted this gorgeous little kitten by the name of Witchcraft, and I named him Witchcraft because, well, it just felt right. And let's go ahead and talk about Witchcraft himself. The reason I want to talk about him is because going into this podcast, I knew I wanted to do something personal for myself. And when I met him and I got him, it was really personal to get him because I never wanted a cat. I've always been allergic to cats since I was really young. 
And because I was allergic to cats, I never really had an interest in adopting one. Now, I think I had cats when I was younger, but I don't think we kept them very long because I was always sick when it came to being around cats. I've dated guys who have had cats, and I've told them, you know, if you have a cat, I don't know how long this is going to last. And my fear really was there when it came to dating my boyfriend that I have now. See, my boyfriend DK has an amazing cat by the name of Grace. He is such a hoot to be around, but he was kind of problematic at first because he wasn't fixed. But the moment we got him fixed, he became super loving towards me, and I really enjoyed his company, but I was still really allergic to him. When I would come stay the night, I was sneezing and I was coughing, and I just could not catch my breath, and my eyes were so swollen. I went to the doctor, and she was completely blown away by how sick I was. She had put me on a rescue inhaler, but I was using it every single day, to the point that I was running out of my inhaler before the prescription was up. Now, she ended up putting me on a powder inhaler, and I'm sorry, I'm not good with medicine, but she put me on the powder inhaler, and it worked really well. The really cool thing is my boyfriend had invested in this cat food and this other uh, like shampoo for cats, and it's called like Live Clear through Purina, and I will tell you that stuff is the boss. The reason that I say that is because ever since he started using that on his cat, and I started taking my inhaler... I don't have any more allergic reactions to anything. I simply just live with the cat. And whenever I decided that I was going to move up here and move closer to my boyfriend, I kind of had to make another decision, which is what I was going to do with my dog. See, I've had my dog Abby for a really long time, and I love her very much, but I knew that I just could not keep her. It was just not going to be in the cards. You know, my boyfriend already had a dog, and we had Grace, Also, my dog, Abby, was attached to her little brother, which is named Roscoe, so I sadly made the decision and talked to my ex and asked him if he wanted Abby, and of course, he immediately jumped on board because he loves Abby. She's a great dog, but I couldn't make that decision. I couldn't let her go through life being third best with somebody else. I wanted her to be loved by someone, and I know my ex can do that. So I left Abby with him, and she's really happy. I see her every so often, but she's an amazing dog. So I kind of felt a hole in my heart. I really wanted something that was my own, and I thought about getting a cat, but really not understanding cats or knowing what I could do with a cat was one of those situations that concerned me. So I decided that I wasn't going to get an animal. But I had gotten on a place called Hip Cookville, uh, which is a Facebook group that just kind of posts random things. And I had saw this beautiful gray cat who was a kitten who needed to be rescued. This rescue had him and he was very, very loving and he was needing a home. And I decided to contact the rescue about him. And she told me that he was adopted, and I was heartbroken. I was really interested in this kitten. It was just something about the look on his face that made me fall madly in love with him. But sadly, he was adopted. But luckily, he had a little twin brother. His name was something like Sylvester or something like that. But he was literally a carbon copy of his brother that was adopted that I really wanted. So I talked to my boyfriend and he immediately said, yes, let's get you a kitten. You deserve to have a cat. So I was like, okay, cool. So we went to visit Witchcraft inside the uh, rescue where he was at. And the moment I held him, I knew that he was mine and I knew I wanted to name him Witchcraft. And he has been my little buddy ever since. 
like I said, I never attached to a cat, but witchcraft was one of those that I really wanted to attach to. And I did. And now he's mine. And now I have a podcast called Witchcrafted. Now, you're probably wondering, why did I decide to get into podcasting? You know, this is a new podcast and I'm jumping into telling my entire life story. Why did I decide to do this podcast? Well, I had a previous podcast. It was called The Wardcaster Files, a true crime podcast, which you're welcome to listen to. It's still up and running. But my co-host sadly had to leave podcasting. This was already something I had in the works because I really love podcasting. I have a lot of great stories and I love to share with people and I'm a very open book and I think it helps people. And I'm hoping that this podcast will do the exact same thing. The Wardcaster Files was a big part of my life for two years and I loved it very much. So I decided to continue and here we are now. We're on our first episode of Witchcrafted. And I want to thank you so much for being here for the first episode. There are probably going to be some bumps in the road because I'm used to working with someone else and not just talking to myself through a microphone. So for the first eight episodes, it's going to be really interesting. And I think you guys are really going to love some of the topics we're going to talk over. Just to let you know what some of those topics are, since this one's going to be a little shorter of an episode, I don't want to preach on what podcasting is and I don't want to preach on what witchcraft should be. That's the big thing. Witchcraft is your own journey. Now, of course, you can contact me through our my Facebook page or the Witchcrafted Podcast at gmail.com, and we can talk about anything that you want to talk about when it comes to witchcraft. I just don't want to say a lot of stuff here because that's not really my job. My job isn't to preach to you on how witchcraft is supposed to be because my journey is going to be different from yours. But I wanted the first topic to be a little bit lighter because some of the other topics we're going to talk about are a little bit darker. Now, some of those topics you can hear on the Wardcaster files, and of course you can find that on every podcasting platform. So you can definitely go there if you want to hear about my life before this podcast. And trust me, we cover a little bit of everything, so make sure to check that out. Now, when it comes to the other seven episodes that we're going to have on this podcast, I'm going to have one subject that's going to be cosmetology and work, which is going to talk about me being in cosmetology school and how it helped me to get a job doing other things other than cosmetology, which I thought was really interesting. The art of drag. Yes, I am a former drag queen. Uh say former, but I may go back someday. But the art of drag has always been a big part of my life, and I'm excited to share that episode with you. Growing up a Southern gay is probably going to be the longest episode because it has so much to it, but it's also one of my favorite subjects is to tell everybody what I went through because a lot of people, when they hear it, their minds are kind of blown that I was able to survive in a small town being openly gay and what happened to me while I was in that small town. There's also the subject of relationships and I'm going to be a drag queen right now and tell you, I'm going to spill a lot of tea on my former relationships. One of them isn't really pretty and it's about time that I started, you know, telling the truth about it. I think it's time for everybody to know. Then there's the amazing subject of friends and siblings, and I kind of had to push this together because I only have one full sibling, and then I have two half-siblings, so I couldn't just do a podcast just about my siblings, because that would be about seven minutes long, and you guys deserve a lot more than that. Now, of course, there is the subject of my parents, which is really touchy for me. One, because I have a great relationship with my mom, but 
on the opposite end, my dad and I don't get along very well. And we're going to talk about that in super detail. And hopefully you guys can relate to it. And hopefully it'll make you feel like you have somebody out in the world that understands what you're going through. Our final subject is going to be finding myself. It's where we're going to kind of do a recap of everything that we've discussed. I'm going to talk about the lessons that I've learned in my past and things that I think that I need to change in order to become a better person. And that's going to be the end of those eight episodes. Now, after those eight episodes is what I'm really excited about. I'm going to have guests on the podcast, and they're going to tell us about their past and their lives and their futures and their hopes. And we're going to kind of break that down as well. I'm taking an amazing trip to Salem, and I'm hoping that I can uh, convince my best friend to record an episode with me and us maybe tell each other ghost stories, because that's who we are. We're kind of weirdos. And I'm excited to have so many people on this podcast to just kind of tell their stories. Tell me how they were crafted. Tell me how they were released into the world and how they feel about their lives. I want to kind of get it so that everybody can have a different perspective. Maybe we can learn from each other. Maybe I'll have somebody who's a devout Christian who has the exact opposite beliefs of me. I think that would be really interesting, too. I don't want it to be people throwing chairs or acting crazy or getting upset. It's not that kind of podcast. I just want to see how other people are crafted, which is why it's called Witchcrafted. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I know it's a little bit shorter than what I'm going to create in the future, but these are simply just samples of my life. It's something that I don't have to repeat over and over again. That way it's out in the world and people can enjoy it. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. What I want you to take away from here is the subject of witchcraft. I want you to trust your intuition, because intuition is the greatest gift that we've ever been given. Whether you believe in witchcraft or not, just simply take that intuition and run with it. Intuition is the main thing in our lives that helps us survive. Your intuition before you go on a plane, or if you go on a trip, or before you get into a relationship. We make jokes about red flags all the time. That's the big thing. And that's due to our intuition. It's us seeing things for what they are and trusting ourselves. And that's what I want you to take away from this episode. But with that being said, nothing is set in stone. It's your job to craft your future. Bye, guys.